Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 146, our Sunday worship service for December 22nd, 2019 is Arrive. It is the fifth and final in the series, The Light. You are the answer to your prayers. The miracle is here and now. This Christmas, let's see and be the light. So our scripture today, Luke 2, 13, 14. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. It's going to be okay, right? That's the message. That's the moment. That's the thing that goes on the Hallmark card and all of that. But it's not just for the shepherds that Gabriel was talking to. I mean, you know the story, right? There's that part, and we talked a little bit about it last week, those of you who are here or watching online. The angel shows up to the shepherds, and the shepherds, in true biblical fashion, freak out. And the angel says, it's going to be okay. And there's this moment where it's okay. There's a moment where the shepherds decide, you know what, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this. I don't know what any of this means, but I see that it's going to be okay. And in that moment of release, that's when that thing happens. And suddenly a great host appears and says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men whom, with whom God is pleased. And we would say people, we'd say men and women and all of that, you know, you get it. And I'm telling you that, and I'm being careful about that, because what I want you to know is that not a moment of Scripture is ornamental. Think about the way that these words have survived through thousands of years. Not a word in Scripture is ornamental. Everything in there is meaningful. And the way to find meaning in Scripture is to understand that it's not just a story about some dudes in a field, but it's a story about you. You don't know what it's like to herd sheep, perhaps, but I know you know what it's like to herd cats. (laughs) You've lived this life. You know what it feels like to be overcome by something. You know what it feels like to be in that moment where there's this thing in front of me, and I know it's big and it could be important, but I just don't know. And you know what it feels like when one way or the other, easy way or hard way, you say, okay. And in that moment... And your life is a testament to it. Think back. You've got at least one story like this, probably several, in the moment where you say, okay, I give, easy way or hard way, good or bad. And then that validation comes. And that's an important lesson. People wait for validation and they wait for permission when the waiting is what's getting in the way. Step up to something, decide something, breathe something in, let it be okay. And that's a beautiful moment. But as I say... There's a lot of meanings going on there. And this is one of those wonderful passages. It's a little bit of a mirror. Because if you read that quote carefully, you can read it two different ways. Peace among men with whom he is pleased. Uh Uh-oh. Who are those people that God's happy with? If you are the kind of person who's got some division in your heart, if you are the kind of person who's really interested in dualism and really interested in bad guys and scapegoats and blame as convenient and as limiting as that is, if you're the kind of person that's interested in duality, you will go, oh, wait a minute, that means that God's only pleased with certain people. 
And they tend to be people who are just like me. God's only pleased with certain people and then I'm going to build my whole theology of dualism around this idea that there's good guys and bad guys. And you've been to that church. And even if you haven't been to that church, you know what it feels like to have a scapegoat-based life, to have a duality-based life, to, to be looking for some kind of boogeyman going to jump out from behind the shrubbery, right? And it's convenient and it's fun to have a bad guy, but you never grow. And it's a choice. Because there's another way to read that scripture. And in fact, if you really think about it, what happens just a few moments before, just a few moments before the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. So right there in the scripture, there and all the way back at the beginning when God looks upon all humanity and says good and very good and every moment in between the statement from God is this means everybody. The statement from who made you is, I love you. The statement from who made you is, you are good now, beautiful now, capable now. No bad guys. That's the point. And in fact, that's the theology of Jesus Christ right there. Everybody gets to be in the pool. <laughs> Everyone is included. That is the statement and that's the ask. If you want to do this, you want to live this life, you want to be more Christ-like, follow those teachings and all of that, decide that step one is, I'm going to quit hating other people. His whole theology is based on the idea that everyone is loved. Think about who he hung out with. Think about what he did with his life. And you know the stories, you've seen the films. You know. And think about the teachings. Two words that I love so much. Our Father. Say it all. So here's the deal. The scriptural pres precedent is everybody. Jesus' teachings say everybody. Jesus' example says everybody. And in fact, what we want is an all-in kind of life. I mean, different people say it different ways. They say, have you been saved? As though there's some kind of Tupperware involved. They say, have you found Jesus? As though scripture is a Where's Waldo book. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him. People say it different ways. They talk about different destinations, but Jesus never talked about a destination. He said that it's here, right? And so we're going to change our perception about this. If we're going to grow, we're going to get over the idea that there's some bad guys if we're going to grow. It's what everybody wants. What we want is to be in love with something. There's a lot of definitions for religious conversion. My favorite is Lonergan's. He says that conversion is an otherworldly falling in love. It doesn't matter if some religious professional in various outfits says magic words. Abracadabra, you're saved. Dunk sprinkle, whatever, you're saved. Super soaker, you're saved, whatever it is. That's not the point. It's beautiful. I love those ceremonies. But that's not the point. You are converted when you fall in love with something. Because you know that love is that moment where you say, it's not me and the other thing, it's just it. When you love anything, that's what we want. The healing comes when you fall in love with healing. The love comes when you fall in love with love. The, the life, the prosperity, the whatever it is you're looking for, the miracle comes when it's all about just the miracle, when we're all in. So here's what I'm trying to say. God's all in on you. What will you do with that information? That's 
It's a question. And it's a good Christmas question because Christmas is a day of intersections when stuff bumps up against other stuff. And that's why so many people have a problem with Christmas because it's weird and it demands things from you, right? Christmas is a time when faith bumps up against things like commerce. Christmas is a time when you bump up against those people in your family who will do that thing that you don't want them to do. There's a lot of Cousin Eddie's in the world. Christmas is a time of intersections when you are forced to deal with something that is outside of your comfort zone and you get to decide how you feel about that, but I'm here to tell you that is the moment when something magic can happen for you. Because if we are going to be all in, if we're ready for miracles and healing, if we're going to do this, then let's give thanks for the moments when we run up against something that's other, something that's different, something that's new. That's when the magic happens. That's when we're forced to realize that it's about something deeper. And you know that that's what it's all about, right? When you love somebody, do you love them because they give you flowers? Yuck. Right? I mean, that's not what love is. Do you love them because the Jared commercial dictated the way that love works? The jewelry, not Subway. I guess Subway too. Do you love them because of those things? Do you love them because of the outer things, because of the song, because you like their cologne or perfume? No, if at best those things are symptoms of something deeper, right? Love happens on a deeper level and you know that. Everybody knows that. But the reason that I bring it up is I find I have to bring it up when I'm called upon to do relationship counseling. Now, I've been in the ministry for 25 years. I do it a lot and I'm honored to do it. But so often, the the step one that I end up doing is saying, now remember, your love is based on something that is more than superficial. Your love is based on something that is more than gifts and presents and bank accounts and obligations, right? You know that. And that also means that your fights are based on something more than superficial too. So here I give you the holy scripture that will get you out of every relationship squabble you ever had. Are you ready? This is big stuff, boys and girls. You ready? It is not about the way you load the dishwasher. It's not. I mean, you're right, but it's not about the way you load the dishwasher. So many times, that's the fight. Oh, I hate the way those spoons are never going to get clean. Or you park the car, you take up too much of the garage. I hate that. That's not how toilet paper goes. Okay, no, wait, that one is not up for debate. (laughs) There was one way to do that. If you do that the wrong way, come see me after class. But beyond that, no, beyond that, it's not really about the dishwasher, is it? It's not really about the superficial thing, is it? It's not about the, the, the planters in the front yard. It's not ever about that. Now look, if you want to fight about that, even though it's a deeper thing that's going on, if you want to fight about that, if you want to defend yourself about the way you did the dishwasher, you can continue having fights about silly things and never grow and always wonder why the fights keep coming up. But you can get to a moment where you say to that other person, you know what, it's not about the dishwasher, is it? This is an opportunity for us to dig deeper into something. There's some love here that needs to come out in a different way. There's something going on here that needs to happen. And so thank God for the fight. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank God for the moments when we are launched past our comfort zone and into going, you know what, I'm going to look deeper than the superficial thing. Here's the thing. Life is about something deeper than what it looks like. 
It's not about the dishwasher. And I say that because we're going into Christmas. This is a time where all kinds of weird stuff happens and people have a great opportunity to lament all of the weird stuff you have to do. Do you want to go to the mall this week? Do you want to do those things? I do. It's weird, I know. I've got a crazy thing. Tomorrow, I'm going to the mall. I don't even have to buy anything. But I just want to be there. I want to be in the middle of it because Christmas is about intersections and I want to be in the middle of that moment because people let their guard down and something raw and honest and beautiful, I swear, can happen if you're in the right frame of mind. There's something amazing that happens when you realize that it's not about the hustle and the bustle and it's not about the stress and obligation and it's not about how much you bought and it's not about whether or not the lights are blinking. Why are they blinking now? It's not about those things. But thank God for those things because they force us to look deeper. Christmas is one of those thin places where we let ourselves be a little bit more open to ritual, open to magic. Why else do you bring a tree in the house and, and light it up? Why else do you do the things and sing the songs and wear the sweaters and the whole thing? It's hot in here. I got a sweater on. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Christmas is a time when we open ourselves up to ritual. But you have a choice about whether or not it means something deeper. In a few minutes, we're going to light some candles. In a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit more about celebrating someone else's birthday. And if you want... It can be about someone else's birthday, a wonderful person a long time ago. And it can be about that, hey, candles are pretty. Or it can be about the idea that something needs to be born in you and me so that we can get over it and into something new. It can be about the idea that candles represent life and light. And I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some life and light in my life. You can decide what it's about. It can be about the same thing that every Christmas has been about before, or it can be about something new. This Christmas, let us be open to an intersection with the new. And with that in mind, I have a confession to make. This is my Montel Williams moment. You ready? It's not that big of a deal. But I do have a confession to make. I've been doing something that I think is wrong for a long time, and I didn't realize it until like a week ago, until very, very recently. That is to say that the whole time I've been in the ministry, and like I said, more than two decades, the whole time I've been in the ministry, I have really patted myself on the back for the following statement. Are you ready? I'm going to act it out. This is a dramatization. This is the, this is the dramatization part of the stage. Here's me on stage my whole career as a minister. You know, people come in this door and they say to me, you know, I believe this stuff all my life and I never knew there was a church that did that and isn't that wonderful? You've heard me say it before. You've heard other ministers in the progressive spirituality end of the spectrum say that. And in a way, it's a sweet thing. I love that homecoming moment. It's wonderful, but it is not something to put on the billboard. It's not anything but a starting point. It's not the ending point. Do you know why? I'll tell you a story. One time my family and I went to a restaurant and I ordered a pizza. And they said, sir, it's going to be 23 minutes. And I thought that was a weird specific time period. And they went away and I realized that 23 minutes is exactly what it says on the DiGiorno box. And they brought me a DiGiorno pizza. I swear. It was not delivery. <laughs> 
And somehow it was worse. They have a nicer oven than I do, I'm sure. But it was worse than the one at home. Why? Because that's not why you go to a restaurant. Can you imagine going to a restaurant and saying, I love this place. They cook the same stuff I make at home. That's weird. Don't go. Do you get my point? I am not here to tell you stuff you already know. If I'm doing my job at all, I hope that you find some simpatico here. I hope you find home here. I hope you find things that are compatible with what you know in your heart. That's beautiful, but that's the beginning of this journey. You know what I want to hear? I want to hear, I never thought of that before. If I'm doing my job, I want to hear, this causes me to do things differently. Watch out for the church that tells you, you know what, you don't have to change anything. Because if I hear that and I've got problems, if I don't change anything in my life, are the problems going to go away? Hmm, doesn't work that way. Watch out for the church that says don't change because that church can't help you. They probably have great music, but they can't help you. If I'm doing my job, I'm going to tell you, you know what, right as you are, you are beautiful and you are strong and you are capable. You are a child of God and that means that you are loved. You've got this because God's got you. But knowing that means we've got to take out the trash. That's what we are here to do. So let us be changed. Think about all of the manger moments that happened in Scripture where over and over again it didn't go like they thought. Thank God for the moments in your life where it didn't go like you thought. Because that Christmas story is a story about you. Thank God for those moments when you realize that, you know what, I have no idea what's going to happen next. Isn't that crazy and great and wonderful? I have no idea how this is going to go. I have decided that in this moment, the Christmas story is not a story about somebody a long time ago, but those manger moments are stories of, of my life. Thank God for the moments when the wheels fall off, you know? Just don't be late for church. <laughs> because you have a choice. It can be a story of history or it can be a story of now. You have a choice about, about all of it. So, so what will you do? I want you to think with me about the moments when Christmas was particularly good. You've had good Christmases, and maybe you've had some not-so-good Christmases. What's the difference? Think about it with me. What's the difference? Because I've had some really amazing Christmases, and I've had some Christmases where I just was ready for New Year's. You have too, I bet. It's okay. And I realize in this moment, it wasn't because I got the BMX bike one year and I didn't get it the next year, although I would like a BMX bike. It wasn't because Santa brought exactly what I wanted or didn't. Jenny and I have had Christmases where everybody got everything on their list and it was awesome and yet something wasn't there. And we have had Christmases where we didn't have two nickels to rub together and yet there was something beautiful that happened. It's not about that. You know that, right? So what is the difference? What is the difference between those moments? I would argue that the difference between a good Christmas and a happy Christmas and a bad Christmas and a sad Christmas, the difference between a magic Christmas and a mundane Christmas is whether or not you show up. Really. I mean, think about it. I can tell you for sure that the Christmases that have really been something in my life are the ones where I say, you know what? I'm in. Give me the ugly sweater. I'm in. I'm singing the songs. Even the Mariah Carey one that drives me crazy. All of them. 
I'm going to sing the song. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to drink the eggnog. Eggnog just sounds unappealing. It's like the phrase milk dud. There's something bad about just the words. But I'm in. The Christmases that work are the Christmases where we show up. And the Christmases that don't work are the ones where we don't. That's the magic formula. And so I would put it to you that Christmas is just like life. The life that works, the moments that are meaningful are the ones where we show up. So can you be there for your life? Can you get off your phone for a minute? Can you check in? Because something magic's waiting for you. The, the, the job description that Mary was given, remember her, Mary? The job description that Mary was given was carry and deliver. Carry and deliver. That's it. Now, that seems a little bit redundant. I mean, carry and deliver. How can you carry without delivering? How can you deliver without carrying? If I order a pizza and they deliver it, I expect they have the pizza. Boy, this is a pizza-heavy talk today. Somebody's on a diet. But anyway, it seems redundant, but I want you to remember with me that nothing about Scripture is ornamental. Every part of it is meaningful, right? So carry and deliver means something very specific. It means bring it and give it. That's Mary's job, and you are Mary in that story. Carry and deliver. If you remember nothing else that I said today, remember that. You're here to carry and deliver. There is something in you now that is meaningful and powerful and capable and beautiful. There is some part of you now that knows what love is. You are loved. I don't care what somebody else told you about being a miserable sinner or about some weird upbringing thing, some kind of emotional baggage. In this room, in this moment, I need you to know that you are loved. Know it, please. Because when you know that, other stuff tends to work out. You have within you, by virtue of the fact that you are a child of God, you have within you the seed of whatever that miracle is. But it's not just because of scripture stuff, although that's beautiful. It's not just because of that image and likeness stuff, that salt and light stuff, the things that I talk about all the time. You have the miracle inside of you already, and I know it because you're already hungry for it. It's weird, right? But it's true. Think about it. If you didn't have anything in common with it, you wouldn't long for it. Try it again. You want life and healing? It's because you know what life and healing feels like. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it to want it. You know what love feels like, and that's why you want more love. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it to want it. You have it inside of you already. You know what prosperity is. You've had those moments. Otherwise, you wouldn't know it to want it. If you didn't have anything in common with your miracle, you wouldn't long for it. The desire in your heart for anything is God's sure promise sent beforehand, says Katie, and she's got a point. What I'm trying to tell you is that your miracle is closer than you think. All you have to do is carry and deliver. All you have to do is show up for something. You've got this because God's got you. What I'm trying to say is that Christmas is a time when it's a little bit easier to be nice, a little bit easier to believe in magic, a little bit easier for miracles to happen. So take advantage of the fact that no one's going to judge you for being nice right now. (laughs) Use it. 
You are the miracle that you have been waiting for. You want love? Find some way to be a little bit more loving. It's going to be okay. It's Christmas. You want healing? Find a way to heal somebody else. Nobody's going to look funny at you. It's Christmas time. You want this stuff? Be it. You are the miracle that you have been waiting for. So stop waiting. God is all in for you. It's time for you and me and everybody else to be all in on this life. It's time to love somebody. It's time to help somebody. It's time to give somebody something. And it's time to help set somebody free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for listening along to the services and being a part of this extended church family. I love the idea that it's not something that's bound by a particular physical location, although I want you to know that you're always welcome to come join us. Our street address is 1000 3rd Street South in St. Petersburg, Florida. It's an amazing thing to be a part of this physical community. But one way or another, I want you to know that you're part of a larger family. And this meaning series that we're working on has to do with finding out what really matters in your life and making a life that matters for everybody. So with that in mind, there's all kinds of things that I want you to know about. There's all kinds of things to try and do that's going to make a difference in your life. And to find out more about the different homework and kind of things that we have going on, please find us on the web at waterandstonechurch.com. That's waterandstonechurch.com, all spelled out. And you can find uh, our address, service times, links to all kinds of things that we're doing, and most importantly, links to find us on all kinds of social media. We'll be posting a lot of movies and things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter, all of that. The two big important links are, once again, waterandstonechurch.com and at Waterstone Min, M-I-N, at Waterstone Min. That's where we are on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So find us in those places. We'll be looking for you.